Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. I don't know how glorious it's going to be. It's going to be a glorious show, I'll tell you that. But the topics we're talking about, my goodness. Let me just bring in Trey right off the bat. Not not even going to talk about it. He's still my good pigskin pal. We will say that. But holy shit, what a dumpster fire we've got for you, Trey. Shibley, can we can you just edit in and play tabs right here, please? Just I should. It's a night, buddy. It's just it's it was a nightmare year. It was a nightmare season. You know, it and we we talked in December how hey, you know what? It's finally over. We can look towards next year. Hopefully we'll be better. The drama is done for the year. And it was, but it's a new year. It's a new day. Yes, it is, and it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, you, you and I, uh, you know, we play a little Dungeons and Dragons uh, on the Sagas and Shenanigans podcast. The off season is a natural one. Oh, at this it's, oh god, it's a ter- it's, it's a nightmare. So, for those of you who don't know, and uh, I mean, I'm sure my beloved Vol fans are all out there. Uh, by the way, I'm Michael Shibley. I forgot if I even introduced myself. I'm so wound up about all of this. As the dumpster fire that is Tennessee Athletics 2021 edition uh, has kicked off. Uh, you know, I thought we were going to have a nice easy show. We're going to talk about the playoffs. We're going to yeah. talk about maybe anything going on in recruiting, Tennessee basketball. Right. No. Play- we inherit- playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah. How can we talk about the playoffs? Yeah. We're going to move the playoffs in the NFL. We've got Championship Sunday coming up. We're moving that to the end of the show because of all this other shit, is Tennessee fired head football coach Jeremy Pruitt. There had been, we had talked a little bit about these investigations going into some improper benefits for recruiting. But again, there were just, it was just, you know, suggestions and things that they were investigating. I wasn't going to jump into it until we had data. And then coming up this week, I was sitting there on my day off, talking with my beautiful wife, Mrs. Shibbles, and then I just get, like, ten text alerts, and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, this happens. But Jeremy Pruitt has been fired for cause. Thank God. Which means they don't... Yeah, which means they technically don't have to pay him. Now, I do believe they're going to work on probably some sort of payment package, because that's just how this is going to end up working. We'll see how that goes. But... Yeah, improper I'd rather pay the guy a severance than give him the Butch Jones treatment. Oh God, yeah, Again. the eight million or whatever we paid Butch Jones for fuck's sake, yeah. Um, so Jeremy Pruitt, along with some assistant coaches and a handful of other people in the athletic program, have all been fired because of it. Looks like it could be some level one and level two NCAA recruiting violations, which are not good. <sighs> Those McDonald's are, bags, Shibley's. McDonald's bags. What, yes. what are we talking about? They, is, like, at least with Bruce Pearl, it was a barbecue. At least that kind of made sense. You know what I mean? We're just handing out McDonald's bags full of cash. What the yeah. hell has happened? Yeah, those were reports coming from the Dan Patrick show, apparently, that they were handing McDonald's bags full of cash to recruits. Now, there has yeah, been Marius some... Mams who didn't even come here. Yeah. Now, there, of course, have been some violent... Uh, and angry, you know, denials of that from the athletic program. So we'll see, again, where all that ends up. You would at least think they would class it up and put it maybe in a five guys bag or something. Yeah, bro, just, like, I understand you don't want a paper trail. Like, everything's on cameras. I get it. But it's like, 
bro, it, we were cheating and went three and seven. Yeah. How bad is this coaching staff? Yeah, no kidding. Because, yeah, and especially if you put the money instead in a five-guys bag, you're probably going to get some fries at the bottom of those bags because I think every bag, even when they're empty at a five-guys, still has, like, 20 fries in them, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's, like, the whole thing for them. Yeah, because someone in the comments was just like, I'm sure they do this at Alabama. One, they don't get caught. Two, they win. Uh, three, they probably put it in a Whataburger bag if it's down in Alabama. Oh, yeah, so. bro, you're, yeah, you think Saban is – yeah. Well, also, I mean, we, we've talked about this maybe on – I know we've talked about it off air before a, a dozen times. But if you're Alabama at this point, you don't even need to cheat. No. <laughs> hey, I promise if Nick Saban shows up in your living room and is like, hey, son, do you want to win another one? You just go to Alabama. So it's like now, granted, he had to get his program to the yes. level. So that, you know, maybe we can talk about that. But, like, that's a whole other thing. I promise you, like, you know, Pruitt didn't pick that up from Nick Saban. You know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. Definitely not the McDonald's bags. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, of course, on top of this, also uh, former Tennessee uh, head coach and uh, now soon-to-be former athletic director – uh, Philip Fulmer is also stepping down. Now, he has claimed it has nothing to do with the investigation. Oh, which, yeah, get the, which, again, we're, we're cussing today, right? Get the yeah, fuck we're fucking out. cussing today. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. What, is, what, do you, what do you mean? What does it mean? It's just like, oh, my whole athletic department is basically falling apart this week. I'm old anyway. You know, Madame Zeroni jumped off the mountain. It was not anything else. <laughs> so Tennessee is not only looking for a new football coach for the fifth time since Fulmer was fired, but is now uh, looking for an athletic director. They might have an athletic director. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But it's just this mess because, again, too, you have everybody jumping into the transfer portal like it was the last fucking Stargate uh-huh. out out of town. Now, what's wild about this, man, and I, you know me, I'm not one to speculate. I'm not on that podcast anymore. Right. Uh, but, man, if you look at some of these guys that left, you know, Henry Toto, Eric Gray, Quarius Couch, all those guys were Niedermeyer recruits, man. Yep. It they were really bad. It's like, yeah, Niedermeyer was one of the ones that was fired. He was one of the assistants. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I get you want to play for your coach or whatever. But it's like, yeesh! It's like they had there had to be some some money still exchanging hands. I get, I don't know, man. Something something, something like it was a ride. And I mean, again, I learned so much, which is sad. Watching the thirty for thirty, uh, ESPN thirty for thirty documentary on uh, it was the Pony Excess. It was the old when SMU got the death penalty. Now, Tennessee, I don't believe, is going to get the death penalty because they're not a repeat offender. But, you know, you just look at everything that they were blatantly doing. It was just amazing to see. And then they were surprised when they got caught again and then got the death penalty. Oh, you're talking about SMU? Yeah, for sure. What You know, the wild thing about that, the craziest thing about the Pony Excess, is that SMU was winning. Yeah, <laughs> they were competing. We suck. We cheated all our way into a, the worst season yeah. in program history. Yeah, what, yeah. what has happened yeah. to our beloved Tennessee? Yeah, when they had Eric Dickerson and Craig James, SMU was winning. But then 
while they were still playing paying players, they were just kind of middling for a long part after that. So it was just amazing, the downfall. But we didn't even start good with any of this. I know. Yeah, Pruitt has an okay year last year, but, I mean, literally, like, like, proved over and over and over and over and over that he couldn't make the correct coaching decisions. I mean, if you look at just the quarterback play, but he was paying other players. Yeah. Ah, like I, he had to have signed his soul over to Garantano. I don't know. Uh, it's it's a mess. It's such a dumpster fire. It's 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 insane, and it's happening again. It just doesn't it doesn't end. I mean, are we just paying and continually just gonna keep paying? You know, penance for firing Fulmer in two thousand and eight. Like, when does it end? I, I I think I've got the end for you, Shipley. Okay. And I'm sure we can talk about this later. You know, I'm sure we'll get into it as the weeks go on. I, you know, I'm not usually on here when football season's not here, so I'm sure we'll get it in before then. But I will tell you this. I think Madame Zeroni, I've been saying, is, is Fulmer. I think it, it's a different t- parable, if you will. I think the prodigal son needs to come back home. Nothing's going to be right until Kiffin's back on the hill. The lane train that could be interesting. I mean, people have floated that idea. This for recruits constantly. Now we have them for a coach. Yeah, that's true. But it does look like it, it happened. This I will give credit for because Tennessee has been able to take chicken salad and turn it into chicken shit quickly when it comes to a lot of these issues. Like they just always seem to make a bigger mess than it already is. And with trying to even hire an athletic director because we saw how well that worked with the last coaching search. But Tennessee did come out and just today announced that they are naming uh, Central Florida's Danny White as their new athletic director. Now, they're paying him $1.8 million, which is a hell of a price for an athletics director. Yeah, um, there was a, I mean, there were a couple of power indexes. You know, it's wild to me what people will rank. Yep. Danny White on the athletic director hierarchy, I think he came in fourth best yeah. AD in the country. Yep. Um, and looking forward, man, just I've thought about it all day. You, man, it's hard to go down there and get a Danny, you know, that that caliber of AD, unless you promise him that we're going to give him the tools and the money to yep. make a big time hire. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like he's in UCF. I mean, you know, they were quote unquote, you know, thought they were national champions a few years ago. Like, mm-hmm. he's got a solid thing going. Um, but, you know, to come up to this to a literal dumpster fire, yeah, I mean, we paid him $1.8 which is a ton of money. But, I mean, I think he, he's really going to go out there and get somebody. Uh, I, I, think, I, think he's, I think it's the best thing, the best hire we probably could have made. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, again, because if you haven't seen what he's done at Central Florida – He's made some really good coaching hires, which, and again, you are responsible for more than that as athletics director, but that's the one that people know you for. Yeah, so <laughs> with, with, with Danny White, and again, the big thing was from football, which is what we're mostly focused on here. So when he took over at Central Florida, and he was um, at Buffalo before that, but when he took over at UCF, he hired Scott Frost, who, of course, took them to their quote-unquote national championship undefeated season. Um, and then when he left for Nebraska, which we knew that was going to happen, yeah, hired Josh Heupel, 
who's been very successful down there. I mean, they've been very good. They've been able to stay very competitive. And then, you know, he made some good. Now, we don't have to worry about a basketball hire for the next few years, hopefully. Hopefully. But he hired, when he was at Buffalo, he hired Lance Leopold, who won the Mac East, you know, for a lot. And then he also hired back then, too, uh, men's basketball coach Nate Oates, who won 59 games at Buffalo and got them into the NCAA tournament. He's now the head coach at Alabama, who just beat Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. So that's working out right now, at least pretty well for Alabama. Yeah, I mean, like we we are just so, like you said, taking chicken salad and making a chicken shit. This guy, you know, UCF. There, I mean, not just UCF in, in the main sports hierarchy is so far down there. But not even that, man. You're in a state that is dominated by giant programs. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You've got you've got UF, you've got Florida State, Miami. You know, I mean, all these schools. It's South Florida. You know, you've even got schools on that same kind of level as UCF, and they seem. You know, they just continue. Uh, to, you know, he just continued to succeed. Um, he, despite all those, you know, challenges that are just across the board. Um, Like I said, I think he's going to be a great – it's the best hire we could have made. Yeah, I feel really good about that. Now, of course, we'll see where they go from here with a head football coach, and that's the big thing. There's the splash that people are wanting to see, and that's the question because, again, you've got these NCAA sanctions. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Now, Tennessee – did pretty much the opposite of what a lot of other football and basketball programs have done. Like LSU, especially with their basketball program and even their football program, didn't fall on the sword. And you saw what happened with them. They you know, they won the SEC in basketball that year, and they won a national championship in football in 2019. But then Tennessee has now essentially thrown themselves on the mercy of the court. Donnie Plowman and Randy Boyd, the chancellor, and the uh, president of UT have said, we're going to do things the right way here. We'll have to see where that goes because now you got to hire a head coach. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I'm, I believe in, I think Kiffin is the hire there. It kind of scares me, man, for, for him to do to Ole Miss, you know, what he, basically what he did to us. Um, I think it's bad karma uh, on us and on him. So, so maybe not. Um, bro, to be honest with you, I, I know it, it's a really long shot, and I've not heard his name thrown around there. I think you maybe pull an Ed Orgeron. You throw enough money at him, he just had you know he won a natty with Joe Burrow, but then had a, an abysmal season the next year. I, I mean, I, I don't Tennessee, in my opinion, my humble opinion, as one of the biggest fans ever, is still a program that is worth that people are going to desire. Even yep. amongst the shit that we're in, um, I don't know. I, I with the amount of with the right money, I don't think there's a coach in the country we can't go after. And I feel like every athletic director we've had, I don't, I don't know if it's a money thing. I don't know exactly how that works. Obviously, I've never been an athletic director, but like, man, spend the money, go get the right guy. Right. We, we've lost these players. You know, but we lost. You know, ooh, we lost the best players off a of three and seventeen. Yeah. Whatever. The most important thing that we can do right now, as a university, is make the right hire. Spend the money. Go get a Kiffin. 
You know, if you don't, even if you don't want to spend the money, go get that. What's what's his name down there in coastal Carolina? Go, Chadwell. Yeah, go get him. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and we'll see again where it all ends up because again, it's looking like this is going to be a to the studs style rebuild. I mean, because we didn't. Yes, I mean you mentioned that they were three and seven last year, but it's not like these players didn't have talent, which was the tough thing to see. But it's just frustrating, and we'll see where it goes because there was, and the theory for a lot of people, especially after last night as we're recording this, when everybody was abandoning ship and we didn't have an athletics director yet, it looked like we were thinking it was going to be kind of Kevin Steele who was brought in as a defensive assistant was pretty much going to be like what Luke Fickle was for Ole Miss the last few seasons before Lane Kiffin came, where he was just going to be the interim coach and just let everything kind of rebuild as we go through this. Because, again, we don't know what the NCAA sanctions are. But now we'll kind of see if these possibilities open up. Yeah, I I don't think the way Randy Boyd and and Donnie Plowman talked about with doing it the right way, and especially with recruiting violations – I don't think they can go after Hugh Freeze because, again, he got in trouble at Ole Miss for that. Um, so we'll see. Again, you've got guys like Eric Bieniemy, who's been, you know, he was a running back in the NFL forever, but he's the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Has been an I- idea for even NFL head coaching jobs, but they keep passing him up, which there's a whole other thing with that that I don't, we don't have time to get into on this podcast. Uh, I mean, there's some ideas. Of course, someone keeps suggesting Gus Malzahn, and it's just like, I don't want to do that. Want him, yeah. So. Gus Malzahn, I think, is – I think Coach – I don't know if Coach Burr is just as good, but, like, Butch on his best day, I think, was just as good as Malzahn. Yeah. I would rather – I would significantly rather have Kiffin than Malzahn. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I like the guy Napier. I think he's the Louisiana head coach. Would be a good idea too. Um, but again, you you might want someone with SEC experience. Uh, of course, I also think you know my wish. What's up? Didn't Dooley come from Louisiana? He came from no. He came from Louisiana Tech. Oh, word. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And then of course. Like I like the Indiana coach Tom Allen. Now I don't know how much experience he has in the South, but I, I mean he's done some good things at Indiana. But again, Tennessee's still a technically a top, you know, top ten school in all time wins. And you've got the facilities here. You've got the stadium. You've got the fan base. As long as you can keep them, we'll see. Now again, one of my good friends who's been a season ticket holder. Finally said, I'm done with this. He's he's just like I I can't do it anymore. You gotta be. What's old? What's who's Kentucky's head coach? Which one's that Kentucky? Is it Bob or Mark? Mark Stoops. Yeah. Where, what's Bob Stoops doing right now? What Bob, he, he well, he was he was coaching in the XFL, and then right. you know that went away. Yeah. Let's go get Bob Stoops one time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have an issue with that. Get him to build it back up. Get some recruits in here and coach for you know, five, six years, and then head out and bring someone else in, I'd be totally okay with yeah, that. bring in a Bob Stoops, and then, you know, maybe you have a Kevin Steele, you know, be your D.C. And, and crush for five years, and then maybe he's ready for a head coaching job like that. But, man, I mean, bring in a Bob Stoops. You know who we need, Shibley, who we really need on the hill? Like I've been saying Kiffin, 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 
but there is only one hire that I would be stoked. I would go because I'm because because my dad's gonna renew his season tickets even if there's not a season, like yeah. well, you know. But I, I'm considering not buying mine this year. I will sign up for life in blood if we will go out, spend the money, bring John Gruden home. The Gruden talks have already begun. All right, I, he's what's what did what the what did the Raiders do? What did the Raiders do this year? Did they, they didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, but I just I just I mean I never thought Gruden was going to come here to begin with. I still don't believe it forever. Oh but. God, man! If if Gruden if can you not just imagine how in it'll sell out? It'll sell out for the worst games. If we got John freaking Gruden, can you imagine those press conferences? Yeah. Oh, I need I need him on the hill so bad, buddy. He already owns property in Knoxville. I remember all the rumors. They're all yeah. true. I just I just never I'm never gonna be, I would never believe it. Even if they had the contract signed, I would never believe <laughs> it until he's standing there at the introductory press conference, getting the jersey and the photos and everything. That's about the only time I'd actually believe John Gruden's here. You don't believe it until he runs out of the tee, buddy. I get yep. it. I get it. Yep. We need a man. I think that we need that caliber of hire. Yeah. Stop going after Dooley's and Butch Joneses and you know. Yep. What I mean? And I'm, you know, I just said Chadwell would be a good hire. I, I believe in that guy. Yeah. So you hired Butch Jones from Cincinnati. Nobody was like, man, that's just an amazing hire. When you hired Jeremy Pruitt, nobody was like, oh man, that was the best hire you could have made. We gotta stop fucking around with it. Go out and make the best hire that we can make. Period. If you've got the money, make the hire, and we'll, we'll let's let the chips fall where. They may. We'll see where this all shakes out. It is exhausting. I'm just tired of going through coaching searches. It just, it's just like I just want to go. I mean, you look at Alabama and they've just been sitting there with Nick Saban, just counting national championship trophies. Even, I mean, even if you're not like, imagine being at Penn State. Yeah, with Joe Paterno for 45 years. Yeah, even in his later years when he wasn't doing a ton. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Besides, you know it. Uh, enabling sex prop deviance, but that's a whole other issue. That's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other thing. You know, yeah. That's, but I mean, ten- Tennessee had that. I mean, we had Johnny majors who was the coach from 1977 till 1992. And then you had Fulmer from 1992 so, hey, yeah. through 2008. You had just complete sustainability at that point. And, and it's just, it's tiresome. It's just exhausting. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's like I said, man. I think the past Kiffin, you know, you got you got rid of Fulmer, you brought in Kiffin, man. If if Kiffin stays, you know, I, it's it's weird to think that if Kiffin had been our coach since '09, where would we be? It would be really interesting. I would love to turn on a you know get a Rick and Morty you know, universe jumper and see what universe that that happened and see how successful that would have been. I, mean, I think, I don't know. We either, we either would have got the death penalty because he was just too young and was going to cheat or, yeah, or we, I think, I think we'd have won at least an SEC championship. By oh yeah. We'd have at least one or at least gotten to the damn game. Right. We haven't been to the SEC title game since 07 for crying out loud. Jesus. So meanwhile, while we talk about stuff on Rocky Top, I was with all this going down, 
I was like, at least the basketball team can keep me happy. Tennessee right. had just uh-huh. finished. They beat they beat the doors off the Commodores by 20 points at home, climbed back up to number six in the country. And I was like, all right, we're facing a down Florida team. Yeah, it's in Florida, but it, you know Tennessee should win this game. I think they were favored by like seven points as it tipped off. Tennessee turns in one of the most god-awful performances I've ever seen as they lose to a Florida team that's missing players 75-49. to 49. It was just... It's one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen Tennessee play, and that's including Donnie Tindall years. Yeah. That's including Buzz Peterson years for me, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, it just... I don't know, man. Mate. With all the... With all the, the scrutiny and stuff, you know, towards the athletic department as a whole, maybe that has something to do with it. Or, or maybe, I mean, people just have an off night. But, man, I, I've got money on this team making the Final Four. And I, if I could get my money back today, I would. Yeah, I'm sure the cash out, if he had that, is probably not great right now. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's next to nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, Tennessee shot... 29% from the field. Florida shot almost 50% for fuck's sake. Uh, you had, I mean, the, in Tennessee got out-rebounded. That's one of the things that Tennessee's good at is getting good rebounds, and they got out-rebounded 44-36. to 36. It was just an awful game. The effort just wasn't there. It was just one of the weirdest games and just disappointing games I've seen, and it just added to just a shitty day. And everything when it came to everything that's been happening. Yeah, it's just one of yeah. You, I mean, you you said it best, man. It was just one of those weird like, you know, you I remember sitting down that night and I was just like, all right, well at least like this, you know, I have something. To, this is us. We're good. We've been good. Yeah, we've lost a couple games, but we're gonna beat the hell out of Florida, and that's always a good thing. And then we just got waxed. Yeah. After the football season we've had, then losing to Florida and Alabama in basketball in years we should probably beat them has just been really upsetting. And we'll see what happens with Kentucky as that comes. But Tennessee doesn't even play Kentucky until February 6th. So that's got a little ways to go. But Tennessee does have hoping that this is just an aberration and not a, a trend. Tennessee's got a chance to turn it around. You've got a good Missouri team that Tennessee beat the shit out of earlier in the season at Missouri. They've got them coming to Thompson Bowling Arena on Saturday. Then you've got a Mississippi State team that's above 500, but nothing to sneeze. You know, nothing to sneeze at. Mississippi State always has been solid, no matter who's coaching them. And then you've got the Saturday after that, and we'll talk more about this next week, but then they've got Kansas coming to Thompson Bowling Arena. And Kansas has, you know, they're still, their ninth right now lost to Baylor in their last big matchup that they've gotten. Baylor's a damn good basketball team. But, you know, Tennessee needs to win these next three games to get people to feel better about them after just the turd that they laid against Florida. Yeah, I mean, you definitely you got to come out this next week and play. I mean, you just got to get some confidence back before Kansas comes in the building. You know, yep. like you you've got. I mean, yeah, we definitely need to win every game leading up to that Kansas game, and then we'll see where we're at. Yep, agreed, one hundred percent. Meanwhile, the Lady Vols uh, have been in action. Uh, 
they, of course, they beat Georgia, or they lost to Georgia by a point after they start being ranked again. Uh, they destroyed Alabama over the weekend as well. But then, just as we've been recording this podcast, they have been renewed their rivalry against UConn. Tennessee led for three quarters, but then UConn finally put together a run and ends up uh, beating Tennessee 67-61. to uh, and again, it was a very hard-fought game. I watched a good amount of it while we, you know, I've had it on while we've been recording this. Tennessee looked really good in the game, just couldn't finish. Which again, you've got a younger team, and UConn's still the third-ranked team. Gino Ariama still the head coach uh, at UConn, but it was great to see. As much as I hate Gino Ariama uh, for everything, it's still great to see Tennessee and UConn playing each other again. Yep, I mean, again, we're, we're always talking about returning to normalcy. I mean, I'm just glad Tennessee's competing with a UConn team. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's, uh, things are, are starting to get back to normal, even amongst the chaos on the men's side of sports. Yep, and we'll see how Tennessee's resolve is because they've got a very good ranked, uh, 12th-ranked Kentucky team coming to Thompson Bowling Arena on Sunday. So, again, we'll see. If Tennessee can win that one, you would definitely salvage the week. I would call that a win for the week as we see how they continue in the SEC. Oh, my goodness. What a what a week it has been for sports, Trey. It has not been fun on Rocky Top, I'll tell you that. Definitely not. I, it's not been fun on Rocky Top. I missed every one of my parlays. I had I literally, Shibley, I think I'm cursed. I don't know if we're going to the NFL yet, but I'm going to bring this up now. I had Mahomes on the over. That was the only that was the last thing I needed was Mahomes to have 60 more yards passing in that game. And your boys cashing out for four figures on a $10 bet and my man has a whole concussion. Yep. Why the fuck are you running Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? I, I, I don't know. And he looked like he needed a standing eight count. He did not look good. Oh, look terrible. Oh my god, it was so scary. It was one of those deals. I was watching that game with a buddy, and we had both, you know, like we had different parlays going, but we both had Mahomes on the over. He was going to crush the over, and then he gets up wobbling. I was like, buddy, we might as well turn this off. Yeah. And again, you got to feel for Cleveland in that game because, again, we've got, again, it was great. It was good playoff games uh, over the weekend, of course. I mean, it's some of the top flight football you've got with the Chiefs and the Browns. But then Chad Henney, of all fucking people, comes. It's the game of his life. He play, plays the best. He, he, he has that scramble to get the first down, and then in the other one where even Tony Romo on commentary is like telling the defense, don't move because they're not going to snap it. They snap it. He completes the pass. Yep. It was amazing. Yeah. It's Chad Henney had the game of his career. Like That man can finally retire. Yeah, absolutely. Uh of course, Kansas City, they move on, and we'll talk about uh, them as they're going to play. They're going to play the Buffalo Bills there in Kansas City as they, I mean, they just stifled Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, 17. That's to, a good game. The, the Bills looking, you know, and again, they did not play great at all, but man, their defense just, again, stifled Lamar Jackson and knocked him out of the game. It. But to me, it really does show the Ravens need a wide receiver. They need, I don't, you know, wherever their draft pick is, I think they need to find the best pass catcher that they can 
to try and open up this offense and give Lamar Jackson some sort of security blanket. Because you saw the Bills, you know, Allen was throwing, you know, to Stephon Diggs was just a great, you know, just a great security blanket to have somebody like that. And I think to open up the Ravens offense even more, I think they need that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like all quarterbacks have that guy. You're like, man, if, if nothing else, I'm throwing it up to Des Bryant. I'm throwing it up to Calvin Johnson. I'm putting it up there to Stephon Diggs. Like, I mean, let my guy go make a play, and that's what we pay him all this money for. Let's see where – let's you know, if, if he's even kind of open, hit him. Like, like Chad Johnson said, I'm open. Give him the ball. The, the Ravens don't have anybody – even kind of close to that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't even have like Mark Andrews, their tight ends is as close as you're going to get. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Uh, I'm allergic to teams that don't have good uh, wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. That's why we haven't been sneezing through Tennessee. Cause at least they've had good wide receivers. We haven't had a quarterback to get it to them, oh, but that's, yeah. And we're done talking about Tennessee for right now, for fuck's sake. Okay. Um, meanwhile, on the NFC side, you had just Aaron Rodgers just destroying the number one rated defense. Yep. I, and I, I took Aaron Rodgers on the under, believe it or not, because I was like, man, they have the bet they're going up against the best defense in the league. And Aaron Rodgers showed me why he's the fucking MVP. And then yeah. I said that. Yeah. He, 296, two touchdowns, just throwing dimes. He, it's amazing to watch him play still without, you know, I'm still wondering how much of this is just the rage inside him after they drafted that quarterback from Nevada. Was it Bryce love or whatever his name was with their first round pick? Uh, He's just like, no, 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 no. Let's you can, you chill, bud. the anger of a thousand sons probably at at this point. Um, and then, uh, of course, you had really the main event, and that's why they have it. The NFL really knows how to schedule these games when they do it in the right time. But you had Tom Brady versus Drew Brees in the battle of just classic Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. And, and yep. And Tom Brady outdueled. And again, I said this. I picked the Buccaneers to win this game because I said it is tough to beat a team three times. Yeah. And Tom Brady. You know, didn't have the best day, 18 to 33, 199 yards, pair of touchdowns, but he did do better than Drew Brees, 134 yards, three interceptions. Yeah, if Drew Brees is not throwing for 300 yards, the Saints are in trouble. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think we saw Drew Brees in his last football game, which it, is unfortunate. It could very well be. He, and that's one of, he's one of these guys that deserves – a proper send off with a stadium full of fans. And that's been taken away because of COVID. Um, Of course, there were some nice moments at the end where Brady and breeze are talking after the game and all that stuff, which was really sweet seeing all that on social media. Um, Apparently no one told Michael Thomas, the saints wide receiver, that there was a playoff game going on because he did nothing. I had him on the over. I thought he was hurt. I thought he was hurt. Yeah. I had him for the over. I checked the stats while I was at work, and I was like, okay, he had to break his leg, I guess. You know what I mean? He did nothing. Yep. So, but again, great matchups, again, all around football. Love the playoffs. Uh, Before we do the picks, because we'll do that here in a second, we'll jump into some other 
NFL news. Uh, of course, one of the big news coming out was the fact that uh, Philip Rivers uh, did decide to hang it up. Uh, again, one of the guys, he's gotten one of the highest passer ratings ever. He's fifth in NFL history with 63,440 passing yards behind only Breeze, Brady, Peyton Manning, and Brett Favre. But he never got to the Super Bowl, never got to a Super Bowl, let alone win it. Like, so that to me puts him in like the Warren Moon category. He's in that Dan Marino category, I think, man. Yeah. I mean, well, he was a great quarterback. Um, yeah. just never put together a team. Yeah. I mean, d- yeah, Dan Marino at least got to a Super Bowl. Phillip Rivers just was never able to get there. But God, he was just a really good passer. I think just his, fun to watch for sure. He, he ran into Drew. He ran into. I mean, playing in the AFC, he ran into Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. He ran, of course, into Tom Brady and the Patriots, and he ran into Peyton Manning. Yeah, too. But you just, you know, uh, it's one of those guys that I think he's a Hall of Fame caliber talent. Oh, he is. I do think it's going to be a long. He's not definitely not going to be a first ballot kind of guy for that reason. I mean, he by comparison. Yeah, there were a lot of great basketball players in the '90s, but you're comparing everybody to Jordan. It's a it's a tough one. So yeah, I mean, I thought he had a good chance to get there, but he he never got over that hump. But he was he you could count on him to throw the ball and throw a yard. He did well for me on some fantasy leagues back in the day, where I was at least going to get the yardage from him, which yeah. is going to help you every time. Oh, one hundred percent, man. I definitely you know again. I think um, yeah, definitely think he's a hog. Uh, you know, he'll have his bust in Ken. Yeah. So you at least have that, which you always have to respect people like that. Um, Other interesting news coming out of the NFL, and I like this. I'm kind of surprised it took this long, uh, but the NFL is going to have their first ever female official in the Super Bowl. Sarah Thomas um, is going to serve as a down judge on referee Carl Sheffer's crew at Super Bowl 55 down there in Tampa. She joined the NFL in 2015 is the first female on-field official. Uh, so, which is good. She was also one of the first. I, I've watched her, man. She's called good games. I, yeah. You know, no complaint there. And again, I, you know, this is, we've talked for weeks, you know, here at the end of the season. Um, I think, you know, we need to, this should be a normal thing. Yeah. We shouldn't have to bring this up because it should be commonplace in my opinion. But anyway, I'll get off the soapbox. Yeah. No, but it was good to see. So, We've got it. It makes me happy, and it's just one of those nice little, uh, little tidbits that you get. So, so it's yeah. In the world we live in now, it's something that deserves to be acknowledged. Yep. So, congratulations. Um, b- before we pick and make our talk of what's going to happen in the NFL Championship Sunday, which will wrap up the show, just moving into pro wrestling very quickly. They're marching toward the Royal Rumble. Uh, still, it looks like Drew McIntyre and Goldberg is going to be back on. It looks like Drew McIntyre had COVID, but he seems to be recovering nicely, so he should be ready in time for his match against the 50-plus-year-old Bill Goldberg. Why? Uh, to keep Stop trying out. to make Goldberg happen. Stop. Why? Um, it's, it's where I would rather have Brock Lesnar. Because yeah. at least Brock Lesnar, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense for him to come out here and dominate. But Goldberg doesn't even make sense. Yeah. I get it. He was super dominant, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But it's like, 
if we're okay, if we're just bringing up anybody that's dominant, why is Hogan not fighting for the belt? You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, just find a, just find a way for fuck's sake, just to get someone in. Just put over some new stars. And yes, you bring in legends, but they're not there carrying everything. I mean, you look at what Chris Jericho's doing. Right in AEW, he was the first champion, which was great. I thought that was smart. Yeah, it's his it's his company, also. So yeah, that makes sense. But then you look now; he's you know in a tag team with MJF, uh, which is really entertaining what they're doing with the inner circle. But he's he's not the guy that you're going to build everything in the future. Yes, you start a foundation, but you've got to bring in the young guys to do stuff. You know, you know who we're not going to see as the AEW champion. Sting. Oh, God. Sting is not going to win an AEW championship. He's Arn Anderson is not going to win an AEW championship. Yeah. Like, yeah, bringing in these old guys, pairing Sting with Darby Allen. It's like, you know, it's kind of obvious what kind of where Darby Allen took some of his influences anyway. Yeah. He just kind of smacked that in the face. Like, all right, here's your idol. Sure. I'm okay with that, man. Bring Goldberg in to, to, to mentor, uh, Drew McIntyre, not to fight him. Yeah, I mean, that's what they seem to be doing with AEW. Well, you just mentioned it. You're going to have a street fight, or it's a beach brawl. It's some sort of street fight thing that they're doing at AEW's Beach Bash in two weeks, uh, which is just a special they're having on TNT. It's not like a pay-per-view. But you're going to have Sting and Darby Allen facing uh, Team Taz's. Uh, you're going to have Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. It's going to be awesome. It yeah. might have some cinematic elements. They might kind of pre-tape some of it, but it's still going to be awesome. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be yeah. entertaining. It's better than watch a 50-year-old man, you know, spear McIntyre four times in 10 minutes and then, yep. you know, one, two, three, clean. It's like, ugh. Yep. Like, so, so then Roman Reigns wins the belt from Goldberg, you know, like yep. whoever gets it, wins it back from Goldberg and Mania. It's like, how desperate are you for, for you know? Yep. So, I mean, I don't know. They're just trying to put these young stars over in the worst way. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're going to have Roman Reigns facing Kevin Owens for the WWE title again at the Royal Rumble, which should be another awesome match because they're both awesome. So yeah. that's going to be good. And again, we've talked so much about heel Roman Reigns. I can't wait to get my Roman Reigns t-shirt. I bit the bullet. I can't believe... If you told me five years ago I'm going to be buying a Roman Reigns t-shirt, I would have smacked myself. I would have laughed at you. Yeah. I would have been like, they finally got you, I guess. Yeah. So, but that's exciting. It's the wreck everyone and leave shirt. I'm going to be wearing it watching the Royal Rumble. I'm going to love every second of it. Oh, yeah. And I'm, you know me, man. I love, uh, I love, I love, you know, anybody that doesn't fit the athlete of the day, you know, body yeah. As you know, Dusty Rhodes said, his his belly was a little big, his honey was a little big, but he was bad brother, and he knew he was bad. Uh, I love Kevin Owens, man. Kevin yep. Owens is one of those guys that you know is it, just is just such a good technical wrestler, but you still look at him. I mean, you know, I'm twenty, I turned twenty six on Sunday. Like, man, I, I even to this day I look at Kevin Owens and I'm like, that's my guy. If he can do this, I still probably can't, but I'm closer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Now, speaking of birthdays, do you think uh, with some picks here, you you ready to see maybe the good, uh, the 
the good gambling gods will come down on your side on your birthday on uh, on Sunday I, here. I'm spending a little extra money on parlays just because it is my birthday. Uh, I'll be at work all day, so I, I'm gonna. I don't have cable at home, so I, I always have to go to a bar, unfortunately, yep. to watch a game. But to, I'll be at work. I'll be able to, you know, unless I've got people in front of me, I'll be able to watch the games. I'm going to order pizza. It's going to be a good time, but I'm ready to lose some money. All right. Well, let's let's see what we can do for the fine listeners out there. Um, as we pick these games, we've got leading off the NFC Championship game where it's kind of the old and the young in these different matchups because you've got two far more established guys, both Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks in uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers as the Buccaneers face the Packers. Now, one of the things, of course, you have to remember is that the Packers faced the Buccaneers earlier in the season and the Buccaneers smoked them 38-10. to So, But now it's in Lambeau. And Green Bay is a three-point favorite, and Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. If I was betting on this, I would take the Packers, and I've got them winning. I've got them winning this one. I'm going to say 24 to 17. That's what I like. See, I don't even think it's going to be as close. Yeah, 24 for the Packers. You nailed it, man. I think Brady. Brady's used to playing in the cold, but he spent the whole year down there in Tampa, buddy. Yep. You know what I mean. The playing in the cold is not one of those things that it's not like riding a bike. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in Lambeau. You know, I think even without the fans, man, there's still some of them. We, we, I, we talk all the time about Neyland. Now, Neyland's still got this magic feeling about it. The Lambeau field definitely has that. It's one of the only stadiums in the NFL I feel like that does. Um, I'm taking the alternate spread on this one to make a little extra cash. Uh, I've got the Packers winning 24 to 13. Okay. Yeah, you talk about weather and acclimating. I remember I had a friend in college. She was from Canada, and she said even being down in Tennessee for over a year and then going back to Canada, the weather changed. She was not used to it again. She had just become, you know, unacclimated to it. So it can happen very quickly. Yeah, I think Brady definitely could have. And even that's the thing, man. Even during the offseason, I think Brady already owned property in Tampa. Like definitely wasn't spending his off seasons in, in Boston. Right. Meanwhile, you've got in the AFC championship, young guns. Of course, you've got Patrick Mahomes who has already won a Super Bowl, but you've got uh, Josh Allen who has just been great all season long. I mean, he has been phenomenal as well. Now Patrick Mahomes has practiced, but again, he's coming out of concussion protocol. You talk about McDonald's bags full of cash. You wonder how many of those McDonald's bags full of cash they might be passing uh, to certain doctors to clear Patrick Mahomes in this game. Yeah, no, I'm right there with it. Yeah, but but Patrick Mahomes, man, is also such a huge asset to your to your program. Oh, he is. I don't think. You know what I mean? If Patrick Mahomes was on his last leg, if he, you know, if he was like a, a Brady. Brady's playing through a concussion. As bad yep. as it is, he's only got a year, a couple years left. Patrick Mahomes is going to be your franchise quarterback for the next decade. Yep. I don't think they would play him if he wasn't ready, especially with the game Chad Henney had. Now, Chad Henney is no, you know, he's no Patrick Mahomes, but I would say Chad Henney's in the top 35 quarterbacks on an NFL roster. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I, I will say if Chad Henney was starting this game, I just I see the Bills winning it. But if with Patrick Mahomes out there, I've got the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl. I think the Bills give them everything they want. It is a three-point spread, but I still have the Chiefs winning this one. Sounds It feels like to me about a 31-27 to 27 game. If Mahomes is on, they win by two touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be uh, 100%. Like I said, I just said I don't think they would play him if it was he was at risk or anything. Um, but I, I, I'm not touching this game. Yeah. I'm not touching Patrick Mahomes. I'm not doing his over-under. Nope. I may not even play a parlay on this game. It's going to be a toss-up. I'm going to stay away from it. But, man, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Just to spite Chase Dyer, that's fine. You can completely do that. I'm anytime we can just spite Chase Dyer, a good friend of the program, of course, and we love him to bits. But you know, just to spite him, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's not even hit. Tater Jim is a Bills fan, okay, and I don't want to spite Tater because I don't want to die tonight. But yeah, no, you don't want to get pile driven and then he'll just go to Ruby Tuesdays and laugh at you the whole time. Exactly. So, well, that is a podcast, my friend. Boy, we have uh, covered a lot of football and dumpster fires and everything. But, uh, Trey, where can they find you for actual some funny things and happy things? Well, don't follow me on Twitter then. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, find me on Twitter. It's at Trey Pack, T R E P A C K. Um, on Instagram, at Trey Pack One. You can find some videos of me on stage there. And then if you're wondering where I'm going to be on stage, just find me on Facebook. Just search Trey Pack, um, add me there, and then I, I will get tagged in 5,000 posts anytime I book for a show. So you will see it. Hell yeah. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. You want to debate and tell us about all your ideas for a new Tennessee head coach, you can hit me up there. And, of course, you can find the Man in the Arena Facebook and Instagram pages where I couldn't help myself. I took advantage of, of course, the Bernie Sanders meme from the inauguration and put a little Smokey sitting next to him in his blanket looking sad because that's pretty much how Tennessee fans are feeling right now. Um, Catch fun things like that over there. Give us a follow. And, of course, wherever you listen to this podcast, please just take 30 seconds. Give us a five-star review. Uh, rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen. That surely helps get us all out into the ether. Well, Trey, hopefully next week. Next we'll just, what's up? I, I, got, I got to know before before you do sign off. Yeah, I gave my two my two top picks are obviously John Gruden and or Lane Kiffin. Who who does my who's your official endorsement to be the head coach of Tennessee? So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. And my other pick would be Napier at Louisiana. Those are the two guys I think would be people coming in. My flyer would be Eric Bieniemy. So if I'm going to give you three, if Eric Bieniemy comes here from the Chiefs as offensive coordinator, I think that would be awesome. I think uh, players would fly. Putting up points, buddy. I'll tell you that. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think anybody with NFL ties like that is definitely a good pick. But yeah. All right. Let's sign off and get them home. Yep, let's get it. Uh, try, yeah, let's just hopefully maybe it'll be a quiet week next week and we can just talk about crazy Super Bowl stuff while we preview it. Yep, sounds good to me. All right. Well, too sweet. Love you, everybody. See you next week. Bye.